I don't know about you guys, but it seems to be apparent around us um, that there's a lot of people hurting. Um, there's a lot of brokenness, and I promise I won't be heavy tonight, I promise, it'll be very light. But um, um, that same brokenness, whether it be financial, physical, emotional, or spiritual, um, is the same brokenness that a lot of us share. Um, and then you enter in the good news of Christ, and you enter the good news of the gospel, um, which is pretty much uh, Christ promises abundant life, Christ promises peace and love and hope and joy and all of those things. Um, but when we look at that and we look at the hurting world around us, a lot of times we see that uh, the message of the good news of the gospel doesn't quite make it to those who are hurting around us. Um, and, and so over the next couple, well, next week, through this week and next week, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, the struggles and the, the pains that we share and then also help us to focus on um, some of the questions that, that come up, if, if the good news of the gospel is all that good, why don't we share it? If Christ really came and did what he did, why don't we share it? Why, when we look at people around us, we see their hurt? They tell us their hurt. They tell us directly. Why is it that we are so guarded? Why do we shirk from saying, listen, this is the good news of Christ. This is what I believe in. This is how, even though things may not look like they're going well in my life, I have hope, I have peace in Christ. Um, and so before I dig into answering the question of good news tonight, um, some of you have been asking me why I asked for uh, hard copies of the Bible. Um, and so the reason why I asked for hard copies of the Bible is because we all share something in common, and that's devices that look like this. Um, and these devices are great. They're awesome. I love them. But they also are extremely distracting. And so what I'm going to ask everyone to do is pull out their device I don't care if it's iPhone, I don't care if it's Android, I don't care if it's Windows phone, I don't care what it is, and we're all going to go ahead and power them down. While you're powering them down, if you do not bring a hard copy of the Bible with you, I have some for you. So I'm going to hand those out. <clears throat> the other thing I want you guys to help me with is um, I've got some questions for you tonight, and I can tend to ramble a little bit, and so if you guys aren't going to talk to me, we can ramble for the next two hours. Or you guys can talk to me, and we won't ramble for the next two hours. Do you need a copy? Thank you. All right. Feel free to share with anybody next to you, too, if you don't have... Awesome. All right. Thanks. Uh, help me in those two areas. One, help me stay focused so that we can focus on the scriptures and that alone. Um, and so my phone is uh, powered off as we speak, and I'm going to put it under here so it's not a distraction to me. And I'm going to turn that back on. And so, and then the other thing, help me not to ramble um, and go down rabbit trails. Uh, I have a pack of probably eight pages that ended up being right here. And so if I ramble, we'll be here forever. So I'm going to get moving. Uh, what is good news? Uh, the word good, benefit or advantage to someone or something. News, newly received or noteworthy information. So blended two together is newly received or noteworthy information that is a benefit or advantage to someone or something. All right, so here's the question I have for you. Give me some good news. 
What are some good things you see going on around you? And it's going to weather. Awesome. I, I don't know about you. I'm done with the snow. I don't care to see snow anymore for a long time. So weather. Awesome. What else is good news? Friends. Awesome. I don't, I don't know. Most of us can probably say we don't know where we would have been without our friends. So yes, definitely good news or friends. What else? What else do you have? Good news. Good news. Good news, especially for those who plan events. Very good news. Awesome, awesome. What else is good news? Family. Very good news. Very good news. What else do we have? Good news. Give me some more. Marriage. Look at you guys. <laughs> what are we? What are we like? Twelve days. Twelve days. Congratulations. That would be awesome. Yes. Very good news. Very good news. What else? Someone has a baby. Awesome. Very good news. Very good news. What else? What else do we have? Keep them coming. Meat. That's right. <laughs> very good news. Very good news. Uh, I don't know how anybody can be a vegan. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Meat, meat is good. Definitely very good news. Um, what else? What else is good news? Have we exhausted that list of good news? Let's move on then, since it seems like we've exhausted that list. Um, but along with good news, and we talked a little bit about brokenness, uh, let's do a little contrast, okay? Um, brokenness uh, is the state of being broken. And so now let's go through the same question and give me some things that you see that are broken. House. Your house. People in the house. Okay, what else is broken? Government, yes. <laughs> Government is broken. Uh, what, what else is broken? Families, yes. There are a lot, a lot of broken families. Um, that's, that's, that's sad. Um, yeah. What else? Jobs. Jobs. A lot of broken jobs. A lot of the church. Church is severely broken, severely broken. What else is broken? Perspectives. Wow. That's a deep one. Broken perspectives. Um, what else is broken? Dreams. Dreams. Whoa, right? <laughs> broken dreams. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think we'll I think we'll end. I think we'll end on that. Hearts. Broken hearts. Wow. Yet another good one. Definitely a good one. Um, so now we've contrasted some good news and realized that there is brokenness and we realize there is a need for good news um, and, and the topic of the subject tonight is the good news of the gospel. If we had to boil good news down, especially when it concerns the gospel, I think it should be boiled down to one word um, and I don't know if you picked up on the theme yet, but the theme tonight is love. Um, and so uh, the Bible says let's let us uh, come to Christ and let us focus on Christ uh, with a childlike faith. And so there's a song that tells us exactly where we can find love at. Does anybody know what that song is? If you're thinking of a children's song. Okay. Jesus, God, Bible. Okay. What's the song? Let me, let me help you. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. <laughs> yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. And so let's dig in. Let's jump into the Bible and find out um, about the love of Christ through the scripture. Um, and so as we begin this journey, um, 
I would be remiss to not step back and say, we've gone through Genesis, we've journeyed through Genesis and heard great stories of Christ's Christ redemption in the gospel and so, I mean, in, in Genesis and so forth. Um, and we stopped off and, and found out there's three C's in Genesis. Who remembers those three C's? Three C's. Creation, good. What's another one? Curse and one more. Covenant, great, 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 great. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, give yourself a round of applause. That's great. You remembered something in the year that we were in Genesis. That's awesome. Um, and so, all right, let's dig into uh, Genesis 1, and we're going to look for the question. And the question I'm going to have you guys answer is, where is the love? It's a question for tonight. Where is the love? And we're going to focus on each of the passages. So Genesis 1, 24 to 28. Genesis 1, 24 to 28 says, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. All right, where's the love? <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Okay, good, good. Where else? Does anybody else see any, any love in there? Where, where's the love? Especially as it pertains to coming from God. Good, good, great. Um, he didn't make us in an image of any animals that were there. And so, yes, he definitely loved us above the animals and things and, and um, made us in his image and also made, gave us dominion over them. He could have just let us be equal with them, but he gave us dominion over them. All right, so dominion over the earth, great. Uh, Genesis 2, 18 to 25. It's Genesis 2, 18 to 25. And that says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper for fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever that man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to, the, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. And so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and, called, and closed it up, closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into woman and brought her to him. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. 
Where's the love? Come on. Good, good, good. Guys, you got this one. It's all you. Where's the love? Okay, very good. <laughs> very good. Um, I looked at this and I said, okay. Adam had all the animals walked by him, every creeping animal, creature, whatever, walked by him, and he had to name each one of them and still had no companion, had no one there by his side. And then God said, oh, wait, all right, I'm going to create something special for Adam, and that was woman. Um, and so definitely there's love in that. Christ said, okay, I need, I need to help Adam out here. Um, all right, Genesis 3.22. Genesis 3.22 says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, let's, now lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Where's the love? This was a tough one. This speaks to an attribute of God. You guys need some help? I saw the sovereignty of God in this. And here's how I saw it. Man ate of the tree um, that Christ, that God told him not to. Um, and so in his sovereignty, God didn't want man to live alone. I mean, live in the state forever that he was in. And so he had to banish them from the garden had to banish them away from the tree of life so that they didn't perpetually live in the state of um, sin, the state of depravity that they were in. And so the sovereignty of God and love in that is that he had to pull us out of the garden, pull human, humanity out of the garden, away from the tree of life, so that way we could actually could bring in Christ later on and so forth. And so the sovereignty of God is where I saw the love. All right. Um, we're going to fast forward a little bit because if we keep going at this pace, we're not going to get anywhere fast. So um, let's fast forward. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about what happened. Adam and Eve had two sons. One murdered the other one. Uh, people started living very long. People started having kids, 900 years. I don't know about you guys. 900 years is a long time. 30, there's a lot of aches and pains at 30 that I don't know if I could make it to 900, but that's where it's at. Um, and so we fast forward all the way down to Genesis 6, 5 through 8. In Genesis 6, 5 through 8, you guys know this story, but at the end um, of the story, um, beginning of this story, uh, the Lord God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, Man and animal and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I had made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of God. Where's the love? Where do you find it? Good, 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 good. The grace, the, I mean, the love is found in Noah. Um, God had all the right in the world to just end it all, let that be that, 
and continued going on. But he loved us so much that he said, I, I will find favor in Noah's family, um, who was a sinner just like us, um, and, and chose to, to keep going on. All right, so we're going to fast forward. We're going to make a huge jump here um, all the way to Genesis 50. And so you're going to pass through a lot, a lot of stories from Noah's family. They multiply, spread it out. Um, they, they didn't scatter as God told them. Uh, we bump into Abraham. We bump into Isaac. We bump into Jacob, a.k.a. Israel. And so then we land at Genesis 50, which is where we were last week um, and the week before. And we land on Joseph. And so Genesis 50, verses 18 through 20, his brothers, are, his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servant. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for I am in the place of God. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Where is the love? Rob. Good, 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 good. Um, why, why keep people alive? Why keep people alive at this point? Why, why turn a, a, a rough situation around? You turn it around so that way people continue living and the covenant goes forward all the way to Christ. And so God's love for us in that through these situations that Christ, that God had to turn around uh, we're here today, um, and, and, and so forth. Um, all right, let's make a huge jump here to Psalms 107, 1 through 43. Um, I'm going to have somebody read this. This is a long passage, uh, and I need to not read that. So if someone who is bold enough and can read through this passage for me, that'd be awesome. What is that, 107 verses 1 through 43. And what we're going to look at is, uh, before we jump all the way into the New Testament, we're going to look into uh, the Psalms of David and, and just hear what he has to say about the love of God. And we're going to walk through that. So uh, would somebody read uh, Psalms 107, 1 through 43? Anyone? Jeff, you see? Oh, we'll have Brandon do it since Jeff jumped in there. <laughs> Go ahead, Brandon. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. For he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless. Hungry and thirsty, they nearly died. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight for safety to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in the iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell, and no one was there to help them. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from, the, from their distress. He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze. He cut apart their bars of iron. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sin. They couldn't stand the thought of food, and they were knocking on death's door. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. 
Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Some went off to sea in ships, playing the trade routes of the world. They too observed the Lord's power in action, his impressive works on the deepest seas. He spoke out and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wit's end. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to whisper, to a whisper and still the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of the nations. He changed rivers into deserts and springs of water into dry, thirsty land. He turns the fruitful land into salty wastelands because of the wickedness of those who live there. But he also turns deserts into pools of water, to dry land into springs of water. He brings the hungry to settle there and to build their cities. They sow their fields, plant their vineyards, and harvest their bumper crops. How he blesses them. They raise large families there, and their herds of livestock increase. When they decrease in number and become impoverished through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, the Lord pours contempt on their princes, causing them to wander in trackless wastelands. But he rescues the poor from trouble and increases their families like flocks of sheep. The godly will see these things and be glad, while the wicked are struck silent. Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. Good, good, good. So the question, where is the love? What do you see? A lot of verses there, a lot of verses. What do you see? What was that? Yes, good, good, good. What else? Yeah, forever faithful, forever loving, forever caring, even despite our sin, even despite our, um, our issues, our brokenness, despite everything, he's still always there when we cry out. He's always there and loving and caring for us. Um, so yes, definitely grace and love and, um, and, and the craziness of as we hear ourselves constantly go back and say, we'll never, never do this, I'll never do that again, and, and we turn around the next day and do the same exact thing again. Christ is still always there and always loving. Um, so the last line there says, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of God. And so that's what we're doing. We want to consider what the scriptures have to say and consider the love of God. Um, we're going to jump into the New Testament. Uh, but I want to let you know, we're going to pass over 23 books of the Bible. And in those 23 books, there's a lot of love of God in those books. And if your eyes are open and you're focused, you will see how Christ, Christ's love and God's love is just riddled through there. I'm not going to stop off through there because we have a lot to go through. So I'm going to keep moving. Uh, we're going to settle here um, in the book of John for a little bit. Um, and the first one is actually pretty simple. And I'm pretty sure those who grew up in Sunday school and so forth could easily do this one. It's John 3, 16 and 17. Who knows that one? Right back. Good. 
Good, good, good. <laughs> um, so, so the question then is, where is the love? Where is it? Sacrifice. Good. What else? What else? He gave his son. Good, good, good. Verse 17, where is the love? It's one word. In verse 17. Three? Two words, maybe. Let me. There's two words, maybe. Eternal life. Eternal life, good. That's, I think that's verse 16. Eternal life. Verse 17. Through him. Um, I'll give it to you because I don't think it's actually in verse 17, but it does say it. <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, um, it's uh, no condemnation. No condemnation for those who are in Christ. Um, th- there's a lot of love there because uh, we could be severely condemned in, in, in Christ. We could definitely be severely condemned. Um, let's, let's look at a story here of condemnation and what Christ did with it. So John 8, 3 through 11. John 8, uh, verses 3 through 11. Uh, John 8, 3 through 11, um, you have the, the scribes and the Pharisees who are always out to try and catch Jesus and trip him up and so forth. Um, and so they bring a woman to him, um, a woman who's caught in sin, and they ask him some questions. So let's read through John 8, 3 through 11. Uh, the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst. They said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, I'm sorry, now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his fingers on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him, without, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they had heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the elder ones, the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Um, I had to laugh when I saw this story. These guys were out to try and trip Jesus up completely. And they asked him a question, and they persist to ask him the question. And rather than answering right away, just bent down and wrote in the sand. Just... Let him sit there for a while. Let them try and figure out what's what. He just bent down and wrote in the sand for a little bit. And then he stood up and had simple words, very simple words to them, and said, who, without, who, who is without sin? Cast the first stone. Um, and then he bent down again and wrote in the sand. No type of extra talk, no type of whatever. Just completely just let them be, let them sit with the question and figure it out. Um, and so no condemnation. These guys couldn't condemn her because... They themselves were caught in sin and knew that. Um, and, and the same is for us with Jesus. Jesus does not condemn us. Jesus, um, we are not condemned. We're not, we're not called um, according to our sin. Uh, Christ came to save us from that. Um, Isaiah 53, 1 through 7. Um, we are almost done. Cool. Um, Isaiah 53, 1 through 7. 
We have two more passages, actually three more passages. We're going to jump back here for a little bit. Um, and this says, Isaiah 53, 1 to 7 says, Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord's power been revealed? He grew up in, in his presence like a young tree, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that would make us look at him. He had nothing in his appearance that would make us desire him. He was despised and rejected by people. He was a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering. He was despised like one from whom people turned their faces. And we did not consider him to be worth anything. He certainly has taken upon himself our suffering and carried our sorrows, but we thought that God had wounded him, beat him, and punished him. He was wounded for our rebellious acts. He was crushed for our sins. He was punished so that we could have peace, and we received healing from his wounds. We have all strayed like sheep. Each of us has turned to go his own way, and the Lord has laid upon the Lord has laid our sins upon him. He is he was abused and punished, but he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He was he was like a sheep that is silent when its wool is cut off. He didn't open his mouth. Um, where is the love? Amy? Good. Submissive. Good. 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 Submissive to the Father. Uh, I don't think Jesus would have chose or would have wanted to go the direction that he did. I don't think he would have chosen and said, um, uh, "Yeah, I'll I'll do this. I'll go for that." And you see that in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's even asking his father to to have the the cup pass. Um, but in that, he still chose to go and still chose to love us um, despite it all. Um, he carried all of our sins, all of our sorrow, all of our grief, all of our suffering directly to the cross, and he conquered that. Um, so one last verse before uh, we head towards um, respond, and, and there's a couple different things with respond tonight, but I'll go into that. Um, the last where is the love is John 15, 9. Um, and this is a direct command uh, from Christ. Um, and so John 15, 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide or live in my love. Um, and, and so we talked in the beginning about uh, all the hurt and all the pain and suffering that's going on around us. We talked uh, about why it is that we shirk from our responsibilities. And I really believe that if we really saw the love of Christ and understood the love of Christ that he had for us, it'd be so much easier for us to bestow that same exact love on those around us, whether they be in our community, our church community, the different churches that we go to, or whether they be someone who is an unbeliever. I really believe that if we abided in Christ's love and understood and lived that out on day to day, we would love those around us better. Um, and so next week, what I'd like to do is I'm going to dig into a little bit more and give examples of how do we love um, our church body well, 
And then how do we love the, commun the community around us, our neighbors, our people we work with, our employees, our uh, co-workers, and so forth. Uh, but as we move towards, towards respond time, um, I, I just want you guys to, to, to think about and, and think about your life, think about Christ, think about God, think about the love that he has for you, um, and, and, and just focus on that. You are extremely loved, extremely loved, despite anything that has happened in your life, despite what's going on. Christ, God decided to give his son, Jesus Christ. Christ came to love you and love you well. Um, I'm going to play a song for respond time, uh, but before I do, I wanted to explain how this worked for tonight. Uh, there is communion, um, and the reason why I chose to have communion tonight is because I think communion is a celebration, and celebration of Christ, the gift that he gave through his death, burial, and resurrection. Um, and so uh, you can reflect through communion tonight. Um, the, the guidelines are very simple. Um, back there is two different... Uh, two different grape juices. If I'm correct, there's one that has alcohol and one that doesn't. So, very simple. If you can have the one with alcohol, do that. If you can't, then don't do that. Um, more importantly, this time is to think on the love of Christ. And if you do not know the love of Christ, you have not felt the love of Christ, you have not uh, connected with the love of Christ, we'd rather talk to you. In the communion, there is no saving power in communion, but there's saving power in Jesus Christ. And so we want to connect you with Jesus Christ. And so spend some time in prayer um, as I play this song for you. Um, spend some time in prayer. Focus on the love of Christ. As you feel led, go back, take communion. Um, celebrate the love of Christ in that. Uh, this song that I'm going to play for you has some very simple words, and I, I felt that it was timely and very good for uh, the subject matter. Um, for the next two weeks, uh, this week and next week. Um, and, and it's by Darwin Hobbs. I don't know if many of you know him, but uh, the words are very simplistic, but, but hit home. It says, is there a reason to live? Is there a reason to give? Is there a reason that the Father gave his Son? Is there a reason the Savior gave his all for us? He gave his all for us. And therefore, we say, I'm in love with Christ. I'm in love with Christ. I'm going to tell the world that I'm in love with Christ. The second verse says, who can describe the Father's love? Who can define unconditional? I will be the one who will stand. I will be the one who will give my all for you. I will give my all for you. And then again, he says, I'm in love with you, and I'm going to go tell the world that I'm in love with you. So as I play that song, spend some time in prayer. Spend some time um, focusing on Christ. Spend some time with communion. At the end, I have one more verse to read, and then we'll close out for tonight. So I'll pray real quick, and then I'll let you guys do that. Father God, thank you for your love. Thank you for, thank you for loving us, even though we do not deserve your love, Lord, even though we, we run from you and your love. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for... for um, for, for just saving us, Lord. Thank you for bringing us out of our brokenness, out of our hurt, out of, out of the loss that we have, Lord. I pray to even now, Lord, as, as we, we focus on you, focus on your love, each of us spend some time in prayer, and we celebrate you through communion that uh, we will we'll wrap ourselves in that love, Lord, and, and then out of that love, we will be able to reach others uh, with your love, Lord. So we thank you for that in your name.